Hello and welcome to the inaugural, 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 right, let's just cut that out and start again. Hello and welcome to the very first Split Screen Podcast. Uh, I'm Alan Williamson and I am joined by the very handsome Craig Wilson. Thank uh, you very much, sir. Nah, no problem. Just thought I'd get a wee compliment in there because uh, mm. the, the first time we tried to record this, uh, it was really good. We had the date right and then we waffled for a while and then my Mac cut out in the middle of recording. So uh, Craig was playing bad cop, so hopefully he'll be a bit nicer this time. Yeah, so we're going to cut out a big waffly intro and we're just going to start talking about hopefully potentially interesting topics. Mm. So Alan, who do we have on the show this week? Um, this week on the show we have a pair of glasses and a newspaper because it's our first podcast, uh, so <laughs> we haven't told anyone we're doing it yet. Um, I don't know, maybe next week we'll, we'll see if Peter Molyneux wants to do it and talk about how much he loves dogs, uh, something like that, Cliff Blasinski's gardening tips, you know, who knows, I'm sure we can get someone along. Um, obviously it's a it's our first podcast and it is a bit uh, intimidating at first, but hopefully we'll, we'll get the grips with it later. Um, you got any interesting news from the week? No, Alan. I've not been out this week. <laughs> you've, been, you've been indoors doing your, doing your job training? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I read something interesting about um, celebrity advertising on Twitter, and it was about Liz Hurley saying that she loved this new Estee Lauder makeup, and so she left a tweet saying, Oh, I can't believe how good this new foundation is from Estee Lauder. It was really transparent like that. Um, so I was trying to think of some new celebrity tweets like Snoop Dogg announces he's changing the lyrics to Gin and Juice because he drinks Bombay Sapphire instead of Tanqueray or I'll be on my Twitter and see a wee message from Charlie Brooker saying that uh, he's really enjoying the crunch corner he's currently eating you know those kind of pertinent topics yeah, so as long as like someone comes up with a product called Blood Label Sarah Palin will be in there with like a nice little royalty check eventually absolutely yeah and uh, that's, a jo- that's a joke that's going to last long Topical yeah, humour. That, that, that's put a timestamp on the on the podcast, <laughs> that, uh, so we don't need to include a real date now. Nah. So first episode, first month, not quite the first week of January. So let's look at what's coming out this year, Alan. What do you not care about? Because I know you're a positive thinking person. I, I am known for my withering optimism. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's difficult to talk about what you don't care about for 2011 because you don't care about it. Um, but. I was looking through a big list of like the 50 most anticipated games of 2011, and uh, there was two that I glossed over particularly quickly. Uh, the first was Max Payne 3. Now, um, hopefully some of the listeners, I was going to say readers, but I'm, I'm glad I said listeners. Listeners, yeah. You're so on the right sense. I'm, I'm getting there in the right medium. Like you said tasters, so that would also be wrong. Tasters. Feelers, yeah. also Feelers. wrong. Uh, well, I really love the first two Max Payne games. Uh, I mean, Max Payne 1, I played in the PC two I played in the Xbox and I didn't enjoy as much but it was the one that had the first like real havoc physics you mm. could kick barrels off a cliff just because you could it didn't do anything but it was nice that they moved six yeah. years later we're still essentially kicking barrels off cliffs pretty so. much now, now it's a much bigger crate and you're a super soldier walloping yeah. it with the butt of a rifle because we do melee attacks now but apart from that it's the same physics um, so Max Payne 3 um, well if I, if I knew anything about it I'd be able to tell you about it um, from the promotional footage it seems like he's bald and he's old He's got rid of his black trench coat, and now he's got a wife beater. Uh, I mean, I wanted to play another Max Payne game. I didn't want to play Redneck Rampage. Um, I don't know, maybe he's going to have a Davy Crockett cap on next and a six-pack of Budweiser. Um, They've really missed out on the opportunity, because for me, personally, Mark Wahlberg is the quintessential Max Payne, uh, nobody, as depicted in Max Payne, the movie based on the game starring Mark Wahlberg. No, nobody, nobody will know about our mandate to the cinema when he sat through Max Payne. 
and we we left in silence. It was like we'd been to a funeral, and then mm. I had to had to review it for the, the student. Except and, uh, it's a funeral where people would laugh out at parts which were not intended to be funny by anyone involved in the production. <laughs> a, okay, it was a, it was the funniest funeral I've ever been to. It was strange to see someone die on on screen like that for ninety prolonged minutes, almost from the first minute, in fact. It's the longest death scene I've ever seen in cinema. It was it was a morbid, morbid film. Um, but yeah, I mean, Max Payne three. I just don't see where Rockstar are going with it because, well, first of all, it was Remedy that developed the first two, and they've now moved on to Alan Wake. Yeah. So instead of having an American guy, uh, you know, walking about shooting people, wearing a trench coat, and being introspective, you've got an American guy wearing a trench coat, mm. being introspective. He wrote books though. He did. He did write books, but Max Payne talked like he was writing a book to himself. That's so true. it's pretty similar. Uh, I mean, I think what would really help Max Payne three would be if they actually released some footage of the game rather than just a picture of balding, balding Max. So that's yeah. Max Payne three. Don't really care about that. Uh, second one would be Dead Space two. Um, I mean, it just looks the same as the first one, doesn't it? Uh, I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. Dead Space up to a point, but I felt like the concept had been run dry by the end of it the last third of the game was a real drag and it went from oh there's no monsters gonna come and jump out of the darkness it's all very atmospheric uh, to uh, oh yeah you've been betrayed by your team and now you've got to go to this planet and everything's really bright now so you can see the monsters kill them go go get the monsters and by the end of the game you were like a superhuman because you'd powered up your suit and all your guns and there was no sense of threat anymore and so I really don't know where they're going to go with this one and from the footage I've seen it just looks like more of the same yeah but it's following the same template of the first game is very grey and then the sequel adds colour and new weapons Gears of War very famously came out with Gears of War 2 where it had slightly more colour and a couple of different weapons it, yeah, it was like moving from uh, from from monochrome to to, to slightly coloured environments. But it was good that uh, whenever they previewed Gears Two, and they were like, "Yeah, in the first Gears of War, we had brown trees. So here's the same map in Gears Two. Now the trees are green." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I think it's Dead Space Two for me actually might be quite interesting because the first game was so clearly limited like that. It was too long. It was so repetitive. You were constantly you're a space janitor going around fix the lights. So you fix the lights, now you see the sink is broken, you go fix the sink and you go, Oh no, the plates are broken, you go fix the plates, you go, Oh god, the cooker's not working, so you go fix the cooker. And it just goes on and on and on. That anything which is shorter than the first game will be a success. Anything which is, you know, doesn't resort to the same cheap tricks that they use because it was a scary game in the sense of there were a million cupboards down a hall and then each one something would jump out so they used every cheap scare tactic in the book I don't mind mind cheap scare tactics I just think that they should watch some more horror movies because to me it was like it was like aliens aliens. it was was an aliens thing sandwich if you like it was just environment of in fact more the environment of the first alien uh, with the crazy mutant freaks of the thing so I mean, hopefully they, they take a bit more inspiration than just cribbing off other people's work. I mean, probably the best thing about Dead Space was there was an original concept, yeah. and there was nothing like it, and I loved things like the user interface, which sounds dull, but yeah. it was really cool that it sort of popped up out of your chest like the, that. The greatest menus I've ever seen in a game, which again, doesn't sound very cool, but it just was. No, yeah. it doesn't sound cool at all. I think people probably switched off this podcast by now, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, so um yeah, because suppose we could talk about what uh, what we're actually interested about in 2011, trying to try elevate the conversation a bit. Yeah, so forget the crap, what's the good? Okay, what's the, what's the good? Uh, the first one is Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Uh, so I was still playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the Xbox until last year. Um, 
I must admit I'm not fussed on the graphics style. Um, I know they're going for this kind of comic book aesthetic, um, but I just preferred the look of the old 2D, 2D, 2D games. Uh, I mean, I really like the old Capcom art that they had there. I think it's going to be really good, though, because it is basically Street Fighter 4 with Wolverine in it, which is pretty much what I wanted all along. Yeah, any game which is uh, like Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix is fine by me. It was a bit of a mouthful, wasn't it? Yeah, or SSF2 THDR was a very good game. You've you practiced that? We played, well, we played <laughs> SSF2 THDR quite a lot, you know. I mean, it's a game which was unforgiving in terms of the people you're playing against. I mean, so many times I'd gone and come up against Ryu Killer 94 and I had every reason to believe that he'd been killing Ryu consistently on a regular basis, which is consistent. Uh, I think that in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Ryu doesn't exist because he was actually killed by a Ryu killer. He's, he's dead. Ryu's not coming back. It's over. Thank uh, Christ. Can we get Street Fighter Five now? <laughs> well, with have cloned Ken and given him black hair. It's Tekken. Oh, <laughs> that's that's so a Tekken metallic. Can we make him a robot? Can we? Yeah, okay, good. We've got robot, a sequel. Robot Ryu. Yeah. Well, have have evil Ryu. I don't know if he's a separate character, if he's just Ryu having a bad day. If he's like emo, emo Ryu. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been there's been like 30 versions of Street Fighter 2, uh, yeah. and uh, there you go. And this last one has Wolverine in it, so it's the best. <laughs> at least it's got ten out of ten. At least, at least it's got spandex in it. That's always a plus. <laughs> um, other games I'm looking forward to. I'm really I'm really sorry for this, by the way, but all of the games I've picked seem to have three in the name. Um, Next one would be Mass Effect 3. So as you might have heard, I thought Mass Effect 2 was uh, was, all, was all right if you liked that sort of thing. It won I, our split screen awards. The splitty, or the won, screeny, I forget what we called it. It won the screenies. The screeny. They're not the splitties anymore. Oh. They, were the, they were the splitties two months ago. Now they are the screenies. Um, so yeah, Mass Effect 2 was just amazing. I mean, by the end of it, I was on the edge of my seat. I uh, practically achieved an erection. It was so good. Um, Mass Effect <laughs> 3 is, uh, is set on Earth, which either means it's going to be really awful or very, very clever indeed. Uh, I mean, since it's Bioware we're talking about here, I'd probably put my money in the latter. Um, the only thing that could make it bad would be that, for me, Mass Effect 2 is very much about the exploration. So it's that you can go to whatever world you like, and every planet's got its own story to tell. There's loads of amazing characters to meet and fun things you can do. So the worst thing they could do would be to say, yeah, it's all set on Earth. Because that would just, that would just kill it. There'd be no exploration. There'd be no, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be so much an epic space quest anymore. Star, Mass Effect is kind of like a nice mix between Star Wars and Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Because it's got all the epic pomp of Star Wars, if you like, and the, the really interesting story. But it's, all got the, it's got all the different cultures and things of Star Trek. It's a lot of talking, which is what Star Trek really was a, sh- was a show about. It was people standing in corridors talking, occasionally running to the brig. I, I probably shouldn't admit this on record, but I, I watched one episode of Star Trek once, and I did actually enjoy it. I thought it was pretty good. Well, uh, if we're out and out here, I've watched entire seasons of Star Trek, and it's very good. Alan. Oh, okay. I feel I, I've been I've been totally smacked down there. I'm gonna I'm getting that. I'm getting the Star Trek <laughs> box set for my birthday. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else is coming out? Um, Skyrim. Oh yes, Elder Rolls. Sky Skyrim. El- Elder Rolls. Elder Rolls. So the, the baking simulation from Rubblivian. <laughs> Rubblivian. Yeah. <laughs> voices, voices by Scooby Doo. Right. Skyrim is coming out by Oblivion. No, it's not by Oblivion. It's not by Oblivion. It's by Bethesda. It's okay. a sequel to Oblivion. I'm new to this. I've not played Oblivion. Not played Oblivion. No, never played. But, but you're a big, but you're a big Fallout fan. Oblivion. I know Fallout Three. Fallout Three was my first introduction to Bethesda, so I'm excited in the sense that it's Bethesda doing it. But I'm always turned off by high fantasy, or fantasy rather. Anything with elves and wizards that is not the Discworld books, for some you, reason, just bores you me. Don't need, you don't need a, a prejudice against the elves. Uh, I mean, I only got into the Elder Scrolls series through Oblivion, so I'm a, I'm a very short-term fan. I mean, a lot of people 
for them moral win was the game that really got them into the Elder Scrolls um, and I only got into Oblivion after a couple of months you know, wondering what the hell was going on I played it for maybe 50 hours I don't actually know how to cast magic properly in that game I just kind of have a map to a hotkey and hope that it turns out and I could only ever shoot this one pithy fireball that could barely light a candle I mean it's pretty sad that the, the words Elder Scrolls 3, 5 5 had me whipped up into this sort of frothing at the mouth frenzy and it didn't have any concrete details but you know those are the facts. Um, I think it, it's uh, got it's got dragons in it. I know that's going to offend a lot of people. Alan, Alan. El- Elder Scrolls Six. Elder Scrolls Six. Think think how good Elder Scrolls Six is going to be. It's going to have even more than five. Maybe even uh, two fireballs at once. Two fireballs. <laughs> like both hands. If you could shoot them from your and eyes. The third one where you thrust. Well, who who knows what's going to happen in Elder, Elder Scrolls Five? Um, mm-hmm because I don't get Game Informer magazine and therefore I don't have privy to the information. All I've seen is this one low-res screenshot of a Yeti. And for all I know... <laughs> yeah, this is it. For, for all I know, it could be like you know, four polygons. It, it could be the worst-looking game ever. But it's got things like finishing moves for weapons and uh, apparently if you're walking through a town and you drop your sword... I don't know why you would drop your sword. Mm-hmm. Um, if you drop your sword in town, a kid might come and pick it up and give it back to you and things. Yeah. Um, oh, so kind of like in Die Hard 3 then when they, they don't leave the bomb around because they're like some kid might pick this up the guards are going to come off and it'll just be no I don't know I, I haven't seen Die Hard 3 good god we're learning a lot about each other so and I'm uh, finding a lot of reasons to end this friendship right now <laughs> so I'm getting that god. I'm getting the Star Trek box set I'm and Die Hard trilogy Die Hard, Die Hard. I've, I've seen the first Die Hard I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not a total prude well you're a slight prude, but slight, slight prude. <laughs> we'll work on that. So, uh, yeah, the next one on my list is uh, Duke Nukem Forever, and um, you, you kind of have to buy it, don't you? Mm. I, mean, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading about Duke Nukem Forever when I was starting high school, and I was getting really excited about it. I mean, it's 2011 now, and I've seen breasts in real life since then, so it's a lot less exciting. <laughs> um, but I'll probably get it just because it is Duke Nukem Forever, and uh, I feel like I've sworn a blood oath with the Duke. I'm going <laughs> to see this through to the end. Um, I do, I do have confidence that Gearbox are going to pull it off, and based on the footage I've seen, um, it, it's going to be good. It's not going to be the best game of 2011, but it, it's probably going to be the most memorable, just because it's uh, been in development for you know longer than I've been out of nappies. Yeah, I think it's one of those games where, like, regardless of how good or how bad it is, it's going to get like a huge, huge hype around it, just in the same way that Chinese democracy kind of did the belated fabled Guns N' Roses album took 13 years reportedly 14 million dollars and you listen to it and you go this is not a 14 million dollar album this is uh, someone who doesn't know how to write a consistent song like that lasts like three minutes but it seems to me that like Duke Nukem like the time for it is past and certainly the humour and like the kind of crassness of it it's it already came out and it's called Gears of War so I mean there is, there's a difference to it. Um, I mean, Gears of War didn't, doesn't have the misogyny of Duke Nukem, you know? It, you can't well, there's no women in Gears of War, so it's kind of hard for it to be misogynist. But well, I hear that's going to change in the next one. There are women, but they're just as chunky as the men, and you can't tell the difference. The vulgar, the vulgar gigantic breasts and the vulgar gruff voices. The, the women have been injected with testosterone at some farm. So, uh, so, so it's, a, it's a video game, then. Yeah, it's a video, it's a video <laughs> game, then. It's, uh, yeah, it's about these dudes killing these things. 
Um, now, Gears of, Gears of War was a good segue there because that. Uh, Thank you. I mean, that, that, that's probably <laughs> next. Next time we do the segue, we should we should try not to point out the segue. <laughs> this will be edited. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gears of War three. It's not the kind of game you would play at a cheese and wine evening with your parents, but I um, mean, Gears of War two is probably my favourite three hundred and sixty game along with Rock Band two. Um, so we've got Beast Mode. We get to play as the Locust Horde for the first time. Uh, it's been getting some really good feedback. Um, I don't get to go to these trade shows, so I have to rely on the, the yeah. evidence of third-hand, second-hand yeah, information for here. fourth-hand evidence from two-bit journalists on YouTube. Journalist. <laughs> Sorry. We're, no, yes, we are journalists. Yeah, we are, we are journalists. We journal all the time. We're very, very, very ser- serious chroniclers of uh, the world. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to when my theories prove right about Gears uh, that they've been leading since the second game where they're going to reveal the Locust are former humans who were subjected to experiments. I mean, I know this is supposed to be a big surprise, but certainly from about halfway through Gears of War 2, I've never seen heavier foreshadowing in my life. <laughs> when, they, when they went into the, um, the tank with the room of the sires, yeah. and they all came out, and it was like, hey, I'm a scientist, and we've been doing something crazy over here. And then I was thinking, Locust are humans, Locust are humans, Locust are humans. Mm. And then you get to the end, and you see the Locust Queen, She's a human, and I was thinking, locusts are humans. Locusts are humans. But I'm sure, I'm sure for the the frat boys that are the general target audience of gears, that'll be a surprise. Uh, also, hope there'll be another giant worm. That would be quite nice. I mean, it would be strange because at the end of Gears Two, they had the uh, secret uh, sort of after credits special where you heard that Marcus Phoenix's dad was in fact an English duke. So be, I want to see how the frat boys handle that. I'm Mr. Phoenix, and this is all awfully bad. Why, Marcus? Why did you do it? Stop, Marcus! I'm sorry, Dad. He gets that from his mother, apparently. She will be the Queen Locust, <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> he, gets, he gets the American accent from his from his also English Queen. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but that but that's that's what happens in, in American games. The, the enemies are always uh, always British. It has but, to be, yeah. Uh, always English people with a monocle and a rapier. Yeah, but I like, do agree completely on like, Gears 3. It will be great. Uh, I'm not so in- much interested in the story, um, unless they saddle Dom with another odd, poignant story, perhaps about love and loss and losing a loved one. But I like, guess rabbit or something this time? Since yeah. he's already lost his wife. Well, he's Spoilers. got a fuzzier fro and a beard. So it, there, it go, car- character's going in a dark direction. That's what that means. He's got a beard? It probably means he's evil. It's the perennial sign of laziness. Maybe, maybe he's going to get a British accent and there'll be a twist and Dom will turn into a, a baddie you'll, you'll notice he started I'm trying to think of something uh, he starts calling Marcus a git uh, and then you know it slowly slides down into, into full full Englishness <laughs> and then his, his cycle into evil is complete yeah, just screams fud under his voice every now and then that'd be good fud <laughs> well, he's becoming Scottish he's, he's becoming a savage yeah. but again more colour that would be nice just more colour guys come on there's more than green, green. There's a whole big palette out there. That, that's what I always really like with the Halo series, is that, you know, if you're playing a game, it's not doesn't have to be real. It, it's, it's fantasy. So you may as well fill it with purple. But yeah, I mean, I think other games have gotten a lot of hype, and at least when it was first previewed, uh, had people photoshopping it uh, for uh, saying that there were too much rainbow, too much rainbow, too many rainbows, too much colour. It was Diablo 3. Oh, uh, well, Diablo 3 is, huh, surprisingly, another game on my list. Who'd have thought it? Um, yeah. Diablo 2 uh, was actually one of my most played games of last year, and, and even if the new game is just Diablo 2 with a lick of paint, that'll be good enough in my book. Uh, I mean, since it's Blizzard, it's probably going to be one of the most polished games of all time, since they clearly have a staff of about a thousand people. Um, 
the the board of directors they all just swim around in vats of money like Scrooge mm. McDuck all day um, but they've got thousands of grunts probably all Korean Starcraft players <laughs> getting, to, getting to, to code for just another few goes in the game another another snort of the Starcraft coke pile yeah, but uh, if, if Starcraft 2 is anything to go by it will be true to its form but it'll look like it'll look great I mean they've just got the best art team that's what we saw in WoW even though I didn't like it World of Warcraft just stunning to look yeah I mean, stunning. even the World of Warcraft is what must be seven years old now yeah. um, it's still a really fantastic looking game I mean okay your characters kind of look a bit chunky and when if you go into water it just looks like you know, coloured glass um, but the, the art design is incredible but I think I think Diablo 3 um, Diablo 2 is still a really good game and it is essentially just a hack and slash game but one thing that it really needs is variation. Because mm. um, it's literally, you just walk into a group of monsters, click the mouse, and then you start killing them. Once they're dead, you find another group of monsters, and then you repeat the first step that I mentioned. It is a single-player game, right? Um, or well, co-op, or... It's, it, you could play it in single-player, but that would be a lonely way to spend your time. Um, I mean, you'd want to play it in co-op. Uh, one thing that'll be good about Diablo 3 is, in 2, if you want to play it in single-player, like, like not connect the battle, then yeah. you have to with a specific character only for offline play and so there's no sense of progression whenever you go into battle net it's a new game yeah whenever you go into battle net you get your battle net character and then you get your single player character and never the two shall meet mm-hmm. so one thing we've seen with starcraft 2 i'm not sure how much you've actually played of it um, i've taken it out of the box and installed it and then installed an update didn't play it for a fortnight installed the update again and forgot about it so installing starcraft is like a game in itself it took about five hours yeah. it's quite intense I managed to play through a good chunk of Mass Effect while I was waiting for it to, to install. Um, I've, I finished a book. You fin- finished, finished a book? I finished a book, did I you, was did reading. You, did you start the book during the installation process? I wrote the book, trip-edited it, published, and then got it back and read it, and was like, this was a good day. Oh, look, StarCraft's finished. You know, you're already, already earning commission off your first novel yeah. by, by the <laughs> time StarCraft had been installed. But, well, one thing about StarCraft 2, whenever you do get around to playing it, is that it's continually tied in the battle net. And so it's a bit like Xbox Live. You've got your achievements and your, your sense of progression. And so one thing Diablo 3 surely must do is to have one unified character across the single player and, and the online play. And for people who've played it before, I think that's probably going to be worth the price of admission. I mean, for everybody else, it's, uh, it's going to be a really fun game. Cool. Cool. That's all I cool. can say. Cool. I, I, I'm, not a bl- I'm not a Diablo guy. I'm not an RPG guy. Oh, so that, cool. That, that, that's cool. Okay. Uh, what else is cool? I know. Child of Eden. There's a game that's going to be cool. Um, <laughs> for me, this is going to be the reason to get Connect. Uh, my brother got Connect for Christmas, and it does actually work. Um, it's quite. It's quite a cute little device. It looks a bit like Wally. Um, whenever you turn it on, it, yeah, it kind of goes Wally Connect, and it, it, it crank its head up and down, and it's almost like it's got a personality. Um, the problem with Connect is that it's actually quicker for me to sign in with a controller than it is for Connect to recognise all three of my chins and log me into the game. Um, I mean, Child of Eden looks really, really nice, and I think that is the that's the correct way to describe it. It's it's lovely. It's like it's like a crazy Japanese electronic music video that you play and what really shocked me about the E3 trailer was whenever the cursor came up and you realised that was actually what the game looked like and that mm-hmm. just totally blew me away because I didn't think that was I didn't think it was possible for a game to actually impress me anymore <laughs> with, my, with my cynical heart of stone but this is just phenomenal and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, okay it's essentially a direct sequel to Res, which if anyone's no one's going to argue with that though no well cer- certainly not I mean um, re- e- even if it turned out to be Res HD but actually in HD, that would still be a personal highlight for me. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm just easy to please. It's probably the it's probably the inner Sega fanboy in me thinking, oh, you know, 
Chose the Sega people involved. Oh yeah, Res was like the Res was like the, the last good Sega game. That was the last Dreamcast game that was produced in Europe. I think. So hard to pick out a Sega game without Sonic and Low Sales being attached. Zing. I, I don't mind. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have shares in the company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, only, the only interest I have in, in Sega is, is in my, my childhood, so it's perfectly okay to, to call them rubbish now. But uh, no, Res was like the, probably the what, I think it was the last Dreamcast game that I bought, okay. um, and that was just after they'd announced the cancellation of the Dreamcast and so Res went to the PS2 and then you like Crazy Taxi went everywhere and mm. Panzer Dragoon and things went on to the Xbox that was the, that was the diaspora for all the Sega games um, but um, yeah so I, I was a big fan of Res bought it again in HD for the Xbox and I think that was the that was the day I was doing my, my psychology project the third year I was playing at 8 o'clock in the morning having this really trippy experience um, so Child of Eden yep that's, that's going to be fantastic yeah. I think what's what what's good about Child of Eden is, even if Connect sucks, and that's a very real possibility. Even you said that with a certain sense of yeah. it's probably going to suck. <laughs> even though <laughs> if, Connect, if the Wii and the past three years of lot quite a lot of substantial evidence is to go by, motion controllers aren't that good. Even if even if the motion control <laughs> on the Wii turned out to be pointless, yeah. and even if Connect turned out to be an expensive gimmick, and even if. PlayStation Move turned out to be one of the biggest wastes of money anyone could possibly spend. So when? So, so, so whenever that happens, you'll still be able to play it with the controller. Problem solved. Excellent. Problem solved. Um, I've only got one thing left on my list, and this is uh, where the, sort of my Apple nerd side comes out. Um, yeah, this is cheating. If this was a list to Santa, this one would be dropped off and there'd be no mention. I'd hope you'd be distracted by the other games. New Final Cut Pro. Well, a new Final Cut Studio, sorry. There are rumours that there will be a new Final Cut Studio, and that's great for me because I'm professionally certified in Final Cut Pro, which means that I won't be anymore, and I probably won't have the money to recertify. So it's always, it's always nice to become less qualified, you know. Since since we're in a recession, it's always nice to know you've less to write in your CV. I was once a Final Cut Pro, but I'm all right now. Um, I suppose the other thing I'm looking forward to is whatever Apple goodies will be out this year. Um, there's going to be an iPhone 5 because it's a year. Um, that'll be... I'll be due for an upgrade in Christmas, and I'm sure Apple will fix the problems with the iPhone 4. Unless, of course, this time it comes, you know, encased in a block of lead, and there's a, a heating element next to the earpiece that electrocutes everybody that uses it. Um, and it'll, so <laughs> it will still sell. It will sell like hotcakes, and then Samsung will release their similarly deviced uh, ear the ear Nexus, piercer, the Nexus H that oh. uh, goes 20 degrees hotter than the iPhone and so pumps strange. out 30 more volts. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's you know it's going to come across in future sh- shows, but you are a sort of huge Mac Mac guy, um, and I am the voice of reason. But it will, yeah. I mean, it's iPhone five. It will come out. It will have features that you didn't realize you wanted, and it will probably work. I, I don't. And then want the competition will try and fail to catch up with it. For me, it's it's never about oh Apple have made this, therefore I must buy it. It's really about what's the best tool for the job, um, and that's why I have an Xbox three hundred and sixty. Um, that's why I have Windows 7 installed on my Mac because I like to play games and Macs traditionally aren't very good at that um, I mean, at the end of the day with the iPhone, I just want something that works and it's not in an Apple it just works, marketing jargon <laughs> way it's in a, I want to be able to turn my phone on send a text, send an email, whatever and know that it is reliable and the problem I have with Android phones is that I don't feel like they're reliable they've got poor hardware quality software seems half-baked and one of the things I read over Christmas was that um, Android had this bug where you could send a text message to someone and it would just send it to someone else randomly. Um, and not only that, but it wouldn't even tell you that it sent it to another contact. So uh, anybody anybody having an affair will have to brought to a swift halt by, by Android. So 
I don't think there's anything wrong with Android phones, and if the iPhone ceased to exist, I would totally buy one. But the point is kind of like, what's the best tool for the job? And I, well, first of all, because I use iTunes and a Mac, it integrates really well. But secondly, I just, I just think it's a better product. I don't, yeah, I don't see why we should settle for second best. And I certainly don't want to have to tinker with the kernel on my phone. For God's sake, it's a phone. <laughs> You know, it's bad enough having to tinker with the back end of your computer to yeah. having another computer to lug around and to crash. But anyway, yes, iPhone 5 might get one of those. I mean, it really depends on what's been added to it. I'm really happy with the 3GS, and even though the 4 is a lovely phone, there's still not a massive reason to upgrade nah. because at the end of the day, you, know, you, you buy things for what they do at the time. Um, the other one will be the iPad too because I don't have an iPad yet, surprisingly. I spent all my money on two Apple tattoos, you know. Um, I'll probably <laughs> that that is a joke, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably get an iPad this year, and I'm very keen to see what the changes will be there. Uh, so, Craig, uh, what, what are your what are your picks for the year? Well, I think my my apologise for my dig at you for being a Mac guy because the easy retort is um, I don't actually play new games that often, so I didn't know what was coming out this year. <laughs> and the same with that, I tend not to know what I'll be doing at the end of this year. It'll be a surprise. So, looking at the list, it seems like Portal 2 will be coming out sometime in the summer, and that's very interesting for kind of a few reasons. First, it's just that the first game did not need a sequel. No, no, um, it absolutely did. And it's sort of one of the rare times where I really don't want anything else to happen in the you know Portal universe, because it felt like such a complete... It is my definitive when I think, what is the greatest game that has come out past ten years? It is Portal for me. It's just flawless. I mean, it kind of is the it kind of is the perfect game because it was short, it was to the point, and then once it was done, you felt satisfied. Yeah. And that's why we were talking earlier before we recorded this about how they changed the ending of Portal. Yeah. And at the end of the of Portal originally, you just sort of end up in this car park, and it kind of I wouldn't say it breaks the fourth wall, but it certainly breaks what you you thought was going on because you thought you were in this testing facility, and oh, you're out in the car park. You um, see a very short glimpse of the sky. And it's the first time you've seen natural sky, and then it just faded to black, and the credits came, and you were kind of really satisfied with that. It doesn't matter what happened on because that character, the story arc, had been done. Yeah, yeah. They patched it so that then a robot literally drags you back in. So that's what Valve are doing. They are releasing a couple of robots, and they're dragging me back in, and I will get it, and I will play it. But it just seems to me that they put Stephen Merchant in it. Uh, who's Ricky Gervais's writing partner oh, and yes. so we're going to have a wacky orb ro- rolling around and I've really stopped reading any previews after that because I just know or I don't build up anticipation or uh, even build up sort of hate towards it but it'll be interesting to see how it goes down I mean that honestly the, the Stephen Merchant announcement irritated me because I didn't want them to feel like they were if this is even a word celebritizing the whole thing it, it really smacks yeah. like they, they tried for Gervais and they didn't get him, he was out of the office, but Stephen picked up the phone, and they just got confused, they're like, it's a British guy. Stephen, Stephen was cleaning the kitchen at the time, and happened to pick up Ricky's phone, and he got a call from Valve. And probably <laughs> writing all the good jokes, yeah, I think, yeah. if, if no, sort no, of the no. on-screen relationship is anything to go by. I mean, I mean Portal 2, um, honestly, it kind of slipped my mind, because, I mean, like you said, I don't, I don't feel like I need to play a sequel to Portal, but mm. the, the fact that they redid the ending, I just, I just feel a bit shafted after that. It's like, imagine you've gone to the cinema to see Inception, right? You get Inception on DVD, right? And you, you watch the film, and then at the end of the film, there's this really jarring cut, and then you see the little spinner continuing to spin, mm-hmm. and then Michael Caine goes, Oh my God, you're still in a dream! You would feel totally ripped. Yeah, Inception, like, Inception 2 coming 2012. Yeah, Inception 2, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, an ep- like a lost cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been a better ending to Inception for me, had it just went boom, and a lost logo yeah. came up. Previously on Inception. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's it, it'll be interesting to see when it comes out. But yeah, rest, rest of 2011 for we'll be catching up through the games of 2010 that I did not play. So Fallout New Vegas, Call of Duty Black Ops, Star, StarCraft 2, Beyond Good and Evil, which I'm dismayed to hear you, they're actually doing like a special version or yes, something? Yes, they, they're, they're, they're doing an HD remake. And by remake, I mean they're changing the resolution to 720p and slapping it onto the Xbox. And undoubtedly and fixing all the little niggly archaic parts that I'm going to have to troll through. Not, not even. I mean... I, I have Beyond Good and Evil for the Xbox, but it's not backwards compatible, and it's one of these games that you kind of you know, save off for a rainy yeah. day and think I'm going to play that. So that was a waste of money. Um, I'll, I'll buy it in HD for the 360 and enjoy it, but it, it, it is a game that hasn't really aged at all. Um, okay. It's got a very, very unique aesthetic, um, probably because it's French, um, oh, and you've got a, a giant talking pig, and you get to ride around in a hovercraft. A lot of people have said it's like it's like Zelda. It's like oh. Because this is what people automatically do, you know. It's mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's it's a bit like Call of Duty with space aliens, or uh, you know, it's it's not really like Zelda at all. It's I don't know. It's like it reminds me of the Prince of Persia: Sands of Time games, where it's got that kind of really like fairy tale fairy tale setting to it. Um, yeah, and it's just there's something really good hearted about the way it's been made. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of heart to it. A lot, it's of, a lot of character. Yes, yeah, a lot, a lot of character, but also got a lot of good intention. Um, okay. So I think. I, 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 will, I will look forward to hearing what you think about it because I, I honestly can't wait to play it again. Uh, well, I think, that, I think that's pretty much everything we could possibly talk about because yeah. Craig's going to miss his train home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thanks very much for listening. Um, and uh, we don't have any plans to make a new one, um, so it'll probably be in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but for now, uh, I've been Alan Williamson. Thanks very much for listening. I've been Craig Wilson. Thank you, Alan.